Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of In the Zone, episode 48. We're getting closer to that 50 mark. I'm Giancarlo Alino, joined by Chris Martelli, Anthony Piniello. We're going to kick it off with the ring this week. Uh, first off, last week we heard that Brock Lesnar and Kofi will be t- kicking it off on SmackDown on Fox with the WWE title on the line. Brock's first match in 15 years on TV. We'll leave that for a little later. But first, Monday Night Raw started with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. And uh, these guys are going to have another match. Their first pay-per-view match was pretty good. And uh, they're going to main event. Just overall, what did you guys think about this show on Monday night? And there were some surprises going on throughout. I thought it was a, it was a good show overall, a couple surprises. Uh, the Fatal 5-Way excited me. Kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, okay, uh, if uh, Brock and Kofi are going to go the first SmackDown, then I guess we got to try and one-up them and have a title match on the first new premier of raw so going with ray to me is kind of iffy i I thought maybe they would have gone with ricochet but it does make sense with the whole ray storyline of him struggling to find his mojo and now all of a sudden he remembers he's he's ray mysterio so he has that one last match now against seth rollins i hope that this isn't just like a really like a filler where the fiend just comes out and attacks ray i really hope this isn't it but yeah, there, there were a couple uh, moments on Raw tonight that were very surprising. But, um, yeah, the Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins stuff, to me, it's still solid. The fact that they're still face, they're both faces, is actually amazing. I, I thought for sure one of them would come out uh, heel, but The Fiend has been involved, so it's been different. But, yeah, I thought it was good stuff. Yeah, the, I really enjoyed Raw. I haven't said that many times this year, but the Fatal Five-Way... You just saw the names there, and you saw three guys with championships. You kind of had a feeling. It's either going to be Ray or Ricochet. I really like that they went with Ray. It kind of intrigues me to see Rollins versus Mysterio in almost 2020. I didn't think I'd, it's pretty funny to say it's a nice visual. Ray's still at the top of his game for me. Yeah, it was it was a good show last night. We also found out that next week, Miss TV comes out, announces that his uh, baby girl is born with the Street Profits there. Give him a good pop. And then they said next week on Miss TV, Hulkster and Nate are going to be on. So what can we expect from this? Because this is a three pairing right here that I don't know what the hell they're going to do with this segment. Uh, There's probably going to be a lot of edits. Uh, These guys are very honest, cut to the core. And uh, the Miz is good at controlling conversation. But uh, yeah, Ric Flair and Hulk are kind of older and... I feel like they really don't give a shit anymore what they say. So yeah, Ric Flair's got to watch because I think he's the one that has – he's the loose cannon. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. But, uh, yeah, pretty similar to like the Raw reunion they did a little while ago. It'll just be one of those nice nostalgic acts. But I don't know if you guys remember, the second The Miz said Hulk Hogan's going to be here, yeah. <laughs> booze just rained upon the entire stadium. And it was probably the highlight of the night for me, which is very funny. <laughs> But, yeah, it should be a time next week. The Miz can carry anything, so it should be fun. Okay, so who's going to crash that? Because, you know, if the Miz is a face right now, he's not. I don't think he'll turn heel. That would be a good surprise if you were to just turn heel on both of them and start attacking Ric Flair. <laughs> but if someone's going to crash this and lead to something, is it Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn, or would you like to see some, like somebody else? It would be hilarious if it was Dolph Ziggler. But he is a Raw Tag Champ, so I'm going to have to go with probably Sami Zayn doing it because he's the goofier of the two, and I think he'll do it. Because I feel like this is like a one-off kind of thing. It's just for it's just a one thing, and let's all watch for the week. 
I feel like they'll throw Shane in that spot and do like the whole best in the world thing and then they all hit their finishers on him and then it's a nice go-home segment for that. Can you imagine Shinsuke? <laughs> He's going to start doing that thing where he twitches and then Ric Flair's going to take off his jacket and start hitting himself. Like, could be in for a time next Monday. But uh, we also found out Lacey Evans and Natalia are going to continue their feud, I guess if you can call it, going into Hell in a Cell. What are they doing here with Lacey Evans? I don't cause, experimenting yeah. because Natalia is a vet and they trust her and uh, they definitely do not trust Lacey yet. I mean, she had that main event ma- uh, match with Baron Corbin. I thought it was awful, very corny, but yeah, there's better times now. So I, I don't know what to really say about Lacey Evans. Like she's not really proven she's getting better, but I still don't think she should be on any pay-per-views having programs. So um, I guess uh, going with Natalia, it makes sense because she is a vet. But other than that, not a lot of interest for me there. It's it's pretty spot on. Uh, Natalia is one of those people you just shove her into a program because, like Ziggler, she's reliable and you know she's going to deliver. Great in the ring. So they have chemistry on the main event shows and the house shows, but it doesn't seem to translate as well onto TV. So I'm hoping those two can work some magic going forward. Yeah, she'll have some running with the cops there. Like the little stage, they say it's like it was real. I doubt a cop would call her by her character name, <laughs> Lacey Evans. So, a little bit of a work. And then we have the other women's tag scene, which this not doesn't really make sense to me. If you have Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross feuding with Sasha Banks, who's involved with the feud with Becky Lynch, kind of makes people think, who the hell is she feuding with? Are they going for the tag titles or is she going for the singles belt? Have they done a good job with? both titles i think they're only doing that to get more heat on bailey uh to insert the tag team two on two makes sense and you also bring back that theme where they were they were tag champs before people people forget that but uh i think they're uh, actually trying to groom alexa bliss they're gonna i think they're trying to experiment see how she is as a face uh i think she'd be money uh especially with with sasha banks I don't think people want to see her win a main belt though right now. She's had it for like she's had a lot of them. But yeah, I think they're doing a good job. I think this is all going to just result in Sasha winning and both Bailey and Sasha gloating. I've heard rumors though that apparently Charlotte might beat uh, Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Title at Hell in a Cell because apparently they want to have Charlotte as the main on uh, Fox and they want Sasha and uh, Becky the mains on Raw. So. That's what I'm hearing, but uh, should be interesting stuff. I want to see Sasha win the title. Yeah, when I uh, when I first saw that, that uh, this match was promoted, it was kind of threw me off at first. I didn't think it made much sense, but uh, yeah, the, the match was fine. Like Nikki and Sasha, I don't think we've seen them before go at it, so that was pretty intriguing for me. And just given where we are now, that Bailey and Sasha are the heels, and like Alexa and Nikki are the faces. It's just it's weird because like Bailey, remember when she uh, towards the end of the match she got up on the turnbuckle and then Alexa comes over she's like you can't do that and knocks oh, her out I'm like this is so fucking weird because she's been one of the best heels the last five years so to your point I think yeah she's been doing a solid job as a face it's just a matter of where they go as a uh, tag team champions from here and then talk about mind uh, screw ups over here Baron Corbin and Chad Gable just had their King of the Ring final and they just promoted now. They're going to have the rematch tonight. No build-up. Just have that SmackDown thing where Chad Gable came out. 
this is too soon. Like, what's going on here? I don't understand where they what they see the value in King of the Ring if you're just going to keep having rematch after rematch for it. I know it ends in DQs, but Corbin won the King of the Ring. That's it. He's King of the Ring. Don't have Gable have that other shot. Uh, I think you said before the pod went went up um, that they should have held this off for the for the pay per view, which makes sense because this match last night was great. I thought I think Chad Gable is one of the one of the most underrated guys uh, in the WWE kind of reminds me of a Tyson Kidd, but now he has a little bit more, uh, a little more TV time than Tyson Kidd, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I really like what they're doing with him. I, I really hope he wins maybe the U- the US title against like AJ down the line. I think he deserves a big moment like that. But yeah, I love what they're doing with Baron too. Awesome. <laughs> so it's pretty similar to someone defending their title at a pay per view. And then on Raw, you just see, oh, defending their champion against the, it's like, why? We just had it last night. But yeah, you see the in-ring chemistry between these two. It's it's your classic fucking heel versus baby face. They knocked it out of the park. Probably should have been saved for a pay-per-view down the line, but awesome stuff all around. What do you think they should do with Chad Gable? Singles, title run, or go for something? like, Or will he get lost in the shuffle after this whole thing? I think you got to do a similar push, push what they did with Cedric, but you got to elevate it a little more. You got to actually have him win the belt, and I think you need to have him hold it for a bit, kind of like what they how they experimented with Cesaro when he first came on. Like he won the U.S. title, he had Oksana, but like Cesaro at the time wasn't really proven, and then he really proved himself during that run. So I think a run like what Cesaro went through, what Chad Gable could maybe do, that would be huge for his career and maybe elevate him to a some main event type level. I, I don't think he'll ever get to a level like Daniel Bryan, but um, he he does have all this, the tools to be a great mid-card champ. Feud with Styles would be sick for yeah. the U.S. title, but I just think they should keep doing what they're doing and playing up the, the underdog story and everyone's calling him short backstage and he gets pissed off and he shows it off in the ring. Just keep playing up to that, keep being the underdog, and he's very good at it, so... I don't see how that can fail going forward, regardless of whatever situation he's put in. So uh, Raw's done there. Next is SmackDown. Uh, They're going to be building up for next week. Uh, I mentioned earlier Brock and Kofi. Who are some other surprises that you want to see that you haven't really seen in the past come back for a SmackDown? Or is there anything that they should do if it's going to be a big SmackDown like this? I think you need to do the peep show. Um, if you don't do that, I think you need to bring back John Cena. Just, you know, it's kind of where he started. He's a, he's a big time guy. And I know it's, it's unfortunate to kind of say, but you know, I think, uh, shows like this, you need a guy like John Cena there. So if Brock Lesnar's having his first televised match in 15 years, why can't John Cena be there? You mentioned Brock Lesnar, one of his best feuds early on in his career was with Kurt Angle. And I know he just recently left, and everyone's like, okay, finally, yay. But, like, for one night, going over to SmackDown for Fox, I think it would be cool to have just the face-off between Angle and Lesnar, just in, like, a backstage segment, just to say, like, this is the history over here. This was what happened 15 years ago. These guys were carrying the load. So, for me, that would be pretty cool. I want to see Zach Gowan come back. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's a guy that never – I haven't really heard about him – in a long time, but I remember that one-legged moonsault he had that was sick, and he came on, him, Lesnar, and Kurt Angle, and uh, that whole thing with Big Show, he had that storyline with him and Vince McMahon, who's an underrated guy, and I think it would be a shame if The Rock didn't show up. 20th anniversary special on Fox, 
the things made out of his catchphrase, at least one segment with The Rock, I think would be a solid thing to do. But they got Goldberg, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, God. But I uh, would like to see Ray come over, too. Yeah. Because when you think of SmackDown, I've said this so many times, when you think of SmackDown. Ray Mysterio. He's that guy. Yeah, he is. Eddie Guerrero, too. Edge, yeah. Probably the Undertaker's gonna be there and Sting is gonna be there. Are they do you think there'll be a plan here for the Saudi Arabia show? It's at the end of that month. Do we see a big moment where Sting challenges the Undertaker? We could, but uh I don't really care for it uh, it's a spectacle but uh i hope none of them get injured because i thought sting's career was over i was thinking no this entire time and then you said saudi arabia i'm like oh yeah anything's possible so <laughs> maybe like four or five years ago i think this was being propped up like oh this is going to happen for like mania 31 or something and then they kind of threw it to the side i would not be surprised if they did sting versus the undertaker at the next saudi show no, I want to see Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler rematch. Yes, yes, I do because Ziggler is entertaining as hell, and when Goldberg could go for the spear, guess what? Dolph Ziggler has a title. Just crack him in the face with it. Just want to see that. That's oh. it. All right. <laughs> Not really a match, like a yeah. segment. I don't want to see a match, but I want to see. A, I want it to be a nice segment. And they're also gonna have uh, a new stage for Raw and SmackDown. Pyro baby yeah, coming Pyro's back. Coming back. So. If you were to see a stage, do you want to see the fist come back? Oh, fuck yeah. I want to see the fist. I'm with the fist all day. They got the the logos, too, look kind of old school. Oh, I like the the new Raw one. It looks nice. The money's going somewhere positive. Thank God. (laughs) Fuck. All right, that's uh, wrestling. We're down here, eh? Yeah. (laughs) Rink side talk right now because Braden Point didn't even cash in. He just cashed. (laughs) (laughs) Six point... Five was it that he got? Six, six seven five. Six, six seven, seven five. five. How much did Mitch Marner get again? Ten point eight. Wow. I did. I yeah. I yeah, did not. Wowie. I did not think that would happen at all. When I saw that, I did like a double, like a double take. I was like, what the? No way. He he just signed for that bargain. Are you kidding me? He just had ninety points. So I don't know how Tampa does it. I know like their taxes down there are a little bit less harsh, but. They always find a way to, to sign all their guys. Am I wrong? No. They always find a way. Got Ryan Callahan. We'll just throw him on LTIR. We got JT Miller. Yeah, we'll ship him off to Vancouver. They just... Uh, we'll get rid of, uh, what's his name, Braden Colburn? Or do they yeah. still have him? I, th- I think oh, he they might be that. Yeah, they might <laughs> bury that contract. But, Dan uh, Girardi retired too. <laughs> yeah, the pieces are just falling for them right now. But you look at their setup. Was, we were saying a little before... Kucherov's at the top there at nine and a half. Stamkos one mil lower, and then point at six seven five. Like, why do the Leafs have to break bank all the time? But then every other RFA's around the league are signing I, these team friendly deals. I don't understand how Braden Point is looking at contracts and he accepts a six point seven five, knowing that Tom Wilson is getting five point five. Oh, I don't know if that's fair though. Yeah, but how do you look at yourself like I'm only a million point, 1.2 more than this guy? Like, it's crazy how we got 6.75. I think that's nuts. I think that's that's huge. It's a it's a classic situation of betting on yourself. I can't even say betting on yourself because he's still getting seven mil. He still technically did kind of break bank, but then three years from now, 
are we looking at like a Mitch Marner type deal, possibly more? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sign? If he if he continues to get ninety easily, yeah. That's all I got there. I love the deal from Tampa side. William Nylander makes more. He he does a little bit more. I think I think when they did the meeting, they're like, okay, training camp is underway. We're doing preseason games. Come on, Braden. We're in win now mode. We have a great team. Just sign the three years a little bit under your value or how you look at yourself and we'll win it we'll win a stanley cup and then we'll resign you okay there it is I, that's how i probably would think it would go down but yeah it's gonna be scary uh they have the same team this year and uh yeah Braden's back yeah and then he's yeah he's getting that contract but the last year after that he's an rfa so it's like everything works out for this team. Why? Uh, it's probably going to be the Jacob Truba route if it doesn't work out. It'll be arbitration. It'll be like nine mil for one year. Like it's going three gonna... years in a row. Jacob Truba going arbitration. <laughs> oh, like, damn it again. <laughs> but this deal is terrifying for Shevel Day off because Line A and Connor are still not signed, and I don't think they're going to take. I don't think they're going to take pay cuts like that to sign in Winnipeg, especially now with Bufflin arguably retiring. I have no idea what's going on there. That team is, uh, they are in rough shape. Because, like, Connor and Line not being signed, that's that's obviously a huge loss. But I don't know if you guys looked at their defense. Because yeah. after Bufflin and then Shruba leaving, you got Josh Morrissey and I think Sammy Niku on the top line. And it's a huge drop-off and... I think they're in really rough shape right now. They wish they signed Tyler Myers again now. Oh, man. They've three right-handed deep. Yep. And they're all gone. <laughs> I don't understand why Buffalo had to just lay some up or take personal leave. I don't know what's going on, but it's tough. It's it's tough to be a Winnipeg fan right now. That's tough. Who's going to take a pay cut to play in Winnipeg? Like, it's different playing in Florida. Okay, it's sunny. Nice. It's camp. I can go Winnip- to Orlando or wherever, but... Winnipeg, Manitoba, nice winter. Nice if they even have a summer, I don't even know. It's a good three weeks out of <laughs> the, the year. only good thing coming out of Winnipeg is if you look at Shifley's contract, it's okay. He's like five point seven five. Do, do does Line really want ten and a half? Like, does it make sense? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, to me, to be honest, I don't think Line signing. I don't. I don't know what the hell's going on there. I, I I could see him signing somewhere else. Like anytime you hear news about him, it's it's something negative. It's just not good. <laughs> I don't really know. Even Ranton and I have no idea what to expect with him. I'm going to say around nine maybe, but even more, I would not be surprised. I st- I'm still surprised Panarin got 11.6 and Cooch is getting 9.5. That's that's crazy. I think the Ranton and ones, uh, th- that's the biggest head scratcher for me. When you look at their cap situation, the way their team's set up, he's the undisputed best winger on that team, no question. I just imagine they'd want to get him signed long term. Yeah, because they don't. Other than like they got McKinnon at six mil, they don't really have a lot of problems right now. Not at so, all. I'm surprised he wasn't the first guy gone. Honestly, I think they're trying to like cheapen it out as much as they can. Sackers are like just take six, <laughs> seven, and then he wants no. I want ten. I want eleven. I want You'll nine, get eight. that later, but yeah. for now, just take this. <laughs> I could see Ranton in signing the five year deal. Yeah, everyone's been getting what like. Four, five, three, three, three oh, to four. Did McAvoy get three too. McAvoy, Wierenski, Besser. Fucking four point nine. Yeah. I think they think ESPN <laughs> wants to pay top dollar for their TV rights, but they might have some false hope. 
because uh, I don't think they want to pay the amount of money that the NBA, they're paying for that. Let's make they, a quick prediction crazy. right now. Out of all the RFAs left, who holds out the longest? Line oh, I'm going Line. <laughs> Line? He's on my fantasy team. Till when? <laughs> he's, he's pulling a Willie Nylander. You think till Late December? November, fucking midnight December 1st, whatever oh, it was. Oh, my God. That's I think there's a deadline December 1st from Winnipeg to him, they'll say. Or uh, he'll say, yeah, 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 I'll sign if you give me this amount. As soon as December 1st comes around, trade me. And then they're going to be like... <laughs> going all over the place and he'll sign for like four million dollars for a one year somewhere if lining doesn't sign are they a playoff team i still think so yeah yeah because like it's a it's depressing to think about but when you look at the advanced stats and all that stuff they're better without him they are it's it's a weird situation because i i'm a big fan of line i think he's a natural born 40 goal scorer he can get 50 uh he's just he's got to get in the right mindset sometimes it takes young players a little longer to, to develop mature, in that yeah. sense and yeah mature but you know right now it's uh hopefully this is the worst of it and we can get out of this yeah exactly i, I don't know i i could see kachuk holding out too oh he wants a lot of money he doesn't i don't think he knows his trade value he's a unique player and i don't think trey living knows his trade value either i haven't heard much about kachuk i, I like think Ranton. i'm gonna say he wants around eight and a half I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that. Probably nine, oh, ten, man. long term. Got to remember, Goudreau and Monaghan and Jordan are all on friendly term, like their friendly team deals. So I hope, I think Kachuk would at least try and maybe take like a 6.75, 7 mil contract like that. Just do exactly what those other guys did. Yeah. Or, or you can all cash in at the same he time. He goes to the GM and say, yeah, they gave you team friendly deals. So that means there's more money for me. <laughs> He <laughs> goes up and gets 10. Good guy. Those are the three big fish, though, eh? Yeah. And then that's about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Aho, he was done. I think that's about Montreal it. Montreal fucked up. gone. And Meyer's gone. Yeah. Besser's gone. Yeah, oh, Besser man. got a good deal, too. And that wasn't too bad. Another, was that a four, three, four-year deal? Yeah. Five million. For who? Besser. Besser. Three-year deal. Yeah, like it's 17, really, seven, yeah, 17 yeah. mil. Pretty cheap. I don't know why. It's just Marner. Everyone's yeah. getting three-year deals. and I'm happy, though, that he got the six. We got him locked up. We got, him, lo- we got him locked up for a while. He's going to be leading our team probably every year in points. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Now we got to go to the top 10 yeah. fantasy centermen. Man, this, is a, this was a, actually a pretty tough list, not going to lie. Yeah. I left out some pretty hard names. Uh, so who's going to start this list? I think you should, because me and Alino <laughs> take turns every week. Okay. <laughs> so to start off, there's no heart feelings. If you didn't make it, that's it. I'm sorry. Uh, it is what it is. A lot of great centers in the league. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. So here are my honorable mentions. Uh, I never thought I would leave these guys off the list. First, Evgeny Malkin. Um, this guy... Man, I don't know what happened last year. Uh, minus 30, his worst defensive season. And then the rumors with Phil Kessel happened. He wanted to leave, and it was just a disaster. I don't think his mind is there right now. I think he could get around 85 if he's healthy, but for me, he just missed the list. Claude Giroux, another guy, uh, he just missed the list for me, one of the best playmakers of this generation. Um, Tyler Sagan, another guy, just missed the list. Uh, he could get 40 goals, but... Damn it, he uh, never actually pulls through and gets it. 
Uh, and then the other two that I have that just missed are youngsters, Sebastian Ajo on Carolina and Elias Pettersson on the Vancouver Canucks. But to kick it off, number 10, I got John Tavares, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, he had 47 goals last season, 88 points. Really uh, a kind of a perfect year if you think about it. Uh, not a lot of mistakes, not a lot of injuries, not a lot of downs for John Tavares. I don't see him getting 47 goals again. I see him maybe getting around 37, 38, maybe not even 40, but that's not a bad year for him. I still think he, 90 is not out of the question if you're going to play with Marner all season long. Um, but yeah, John Tavares for me, he's a great player. Uh, 40 goals is definitely something he can achieve, and 90 points is not out of the question. He's number 10 on my list. My honorable mentions, I also had Malkin. I had Kopitar honorable mention, uh, Giroux, Sebastian Ajo, and I was debating with 10 and 11, Tyler Sagan. Honorable mention, I had him at 11. So my number 10 is from the Vancouver Canucks, Elias Pettersson. I think he's going to break out even more this year. He had a phenomenal year last season. I think he can get like 85 to 90 this year. Besser's coming in, motivated in camp, got that extension. Uh, Vancouver's just getting better. They have uh, all these additions to their team. They're improving a lot. Rebuild's going better than probably a lot of people would have expected. So I got Elias Pettersson at 10. Uh, my honorable mentions, <clears throat> I got here Sebastian Ajo, Elias Pettersson, Evgeny Malkin, Tyler Sagan, and at the number 11 spot, I got Mark Shifley. Oh. Now, the reason why I got Shifley out of the list is because he's never had 200 shots in his career, and his career high in power play points was last year with 20. Now, he's a point-per-game player, and we all love him, but with stats like that, I had to leave him out. <laughs> so to kick off my list at number 10, I got Claude Giroux. Thought I'd give him some love because I just knew for a fact you guys weren't going to have him in. Uh, he really revitalized his career recently. He had 85 and then 105 points uh, the last two seasons. The, the team is really exciting offensively, so I think he can do pretty similar numbers next year. So I got Giroux at 10. My number nine is the guy that just signed Braden Point, Tampa Bay Lightning. Don't guys, don't don't question. Your, this guy could get 45 goals. I think if you're playing top power play, playing with Kucherov all season, let's say Stamkos plays with Palak, Kalor, and they experiment. You could do that with a team like Tampa. Braden Point now signed. His confidence is there. Uh, now he's here to prove himself that he's worth more than 6.75. He knows it, so he's going to show it. And, uh, yeah, I think 90 points is definitely not out of the question every single season. He's elusive. He's deadly. He's number nine on my list. Number nine for me from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Frederick Gochi. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, number nine I got uh, from Calgary, Sean Monaghan. He's a truculent player, good center, does everything that you want, especially in fantasy. He's reliable for assists with Goudreau and he shoots on the power play, so those shots go up. Hits and face-offs, so you need those categories there. He's a good player. Uh, I think 30, again, could be a possibility this year. Maybe 80 to 85 points, but got Sean Monaghan, number nine. Number nine, I got John Tavares, who, uh, like you said, he had a career high in almost every category. It really was a miracle year for him. I can see him getting around 40 goals next year, 80 points. I don't think he'll repeat that, uh, that success, but he's been one of the better centermen in the league the last decade. 
He's got the best forward group around him that he's ever had. So let's do it again. Tavares at nine. Number eight. Uh, Pinello does not show him love. I do. Mark Shifley, number eight. I think this guy is going to have a great season. As long as Blake Wheeler is generating the offense, Shifley should get around 90 points if he's healthy. Uh, I know that the shots and the power play points are, are down, but I do think this year Shifley's going to get a little more looks on the power play. Um, I know that they've been kind of going back and forth with Little the last couple years. Maybe they're even going to give Roslovic a little love there, but I think Shifley this year is going to actually confirm to be the number one you know, center power play, number one everything. And I think if everything clicks, if Connor signs, Line signs, Ehlers even gets going a little more. I could see Shifley getting around 90 points, and I could even see his shots going up. So Shifley for me, number eight. I got Jack Eichel, Buffalo Sabres, number eight. Off the ice, we know what kind of uh, presence and impact he has to the team. Just look at all the GMs and coaches that have already gone through his career. So well, other than that, he does a lot of stuff that you need for fantasy. He shoots a lot, doesn't get the net all the time, but he – at least takes those shots. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot of points this year. Again, if Skinner is healthy, that's going to be the big question mark. If uh, Skinner can have a year like he did last year, you're going to see Eichel pile on a lot of assists. So I got him at that spot. At uh, number eight, Jack Eichel. For the same <laughs> reasons, he shoots a lot. He's, he seems like he has the puck the entire game. I feel like he's one of those guys It's not going to matter a whole lot who he plays with. The points are always going to be there. Uh I think he I think his goal scoring potential is not even close to where he's at. He hasn't I Chris, I said this to you not long ago. He's one of the best forty goal scorers to never hit thirty. Yep. Kinda like McKinnon before he broke out, and I think once he does, it's gonna be it's gonna be a yearly thing. He had eighty two last year. Uh I really just see him being a big minus. Other than that, he should fill up this stat sheet all around, so uh, 90 points isn't out of the question. Jack Eichel at number eight. Number seven, Jack Eichel. Uh, yeah, this guy, 90 points is definitely not out of the question. Sam Reinhardt has also gotten better every single season. His IQ is of the elites. Jack Eichel's IQ, not as strong as Reinhardt's, but that's why they're teammates. They boost each other. And I think Eichel, yeah, he's just getting going. His confidence is definitely going to go up as Buffalo gets better. It has been very hard for Buffalo fans to sit through this, but... I think with Dolly now on the back end, if they keep Risto, that's solid. You have, you know, uh, Casey Middlestats turning into a player, Reinhardt, Jeff Skinner, Jack Eichel. I could easily see if the power play even starts clicking, 95 points is not out of the question. And I do agree with Pinello. 40 goals is definitely not out of the question with the amount of shots he takes. So, yeah, Jack Eichel for me, number seven. He could be higher, though, on this list for me. Number seven for me, Braden Point. Just recently signed that contract, and I think he just built off of last year. He's a second option there for centers on uh, Tampa Bay. He's going to get a lot of power play time, and I just think he could, keeps on improving, gets more points, uh, and on the power play, just that team's loaded everywhere. They got Shannon Kirk now in the third pairing. Maybe if he has a resurgence in his career, it will lead to a point getting a few more points and looks on net, so Braden Point. Number seven, I got Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, 105 last year. Playing with Connor McDavid, one of the, I don't, I don't think he's going to do that again next year, but there's really no reason to deny when you see that him, McDavid, and Nuge, those three are going to be leading the team and they're going to get 
probably 60% of their fucking offense in. So I think you're looking at around 40 goals and 90-plus points. So dry side at seven. Number six for me is Alex Barkov, uh, Florida Panthers. This guy had 96 points last season. A lot of people saw that as a surprise. I guess you could kind of say it was because a couple of years ago he was kind of injury prone, and then all of a sudden he became healthy, and now he's this point-producing machine. That's just his confidence growing. Uh, you know, he's now the captain. He's the one that steers the ship in Florida. They also just got Sergei Bobrovsky. The team is flawless. Their top six is brilliant. You have Trocek and Hoffman and even uh, Owen Tippett coming up and even like Borgstrom. You have a lot of great players there. Dadanov, Huberto. I think the power play is going to be superb. I think this team's going to be better. Barkov could get 100 points. I think he's that good. I got Steven Stamkos sticking on that Tampa Bay uh, little pattern here. Every year, Schratz gets goals. Uh, he's more of a shooter than a playmaker, I think. So that's going to probably lead to him getting uh, more points on those ends, power play goals and that area. But I think with Kucherov getting a lot of goals too, you'll see him maybe on the power play go into more of a playmaking role instead of staying at the back where he usually goes for the one-timer. So I think Stamkos gets the same amount of points close to that area, and he's in that spot for me. Number six, I got Alex Barkov, already one of the best players in the league, coming off a career high in points. Uh, he's been improving every year. He had 52 and 61, then 78, then 96. The team keeps getting better around him. Uh, it, it does seem like this is the year for Florida, but at the same time, like the last 10 years, we've been waiting for them to make the next step. I'm hoping this group can be it because I absolutely love Barkov. I think he's going to be on this list every single year. Yeah, I think you're looking at similar numbers for the 2020-21 season. So, yeah, Barkov at six. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you got you got to pump the grip brakes on this guy. My number five is Austin Matthews. Uh, a lot of people are already having him number two, number three. I think he kind of got to ease this guy into it. He's been injured the last two seasons. If he was healthy, yeah, he'd probably be third or fourth. But, yeah, for me right now, he's fifth. Um, still not better than Stamkos for me, but Matthews will get you, if healthy, 45 to 50 goals. One of the best even strength scorers in the NHL already. He always leads in takeaways as well. So this guy's an absolute beauty. Um, I could even – I don't see him getting more points than, like, the Barkov, the Stamkos, but the goals and the shots, he shoots a lot. He scores a lot. He'll get you a lot of power play points as well. So – for me, Austin Matthews is number five for now, but he could easily top maybe Sidney Crosby in the near future. Number five for me is John Tavares, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, last season, he played well with Marner. I think they're going to continue that. I don't see him getting more points, though. I see he's going to maybe tail off just a little bit, still stay in that range. But uh, face-offs, shots, power play, he's going to get all that time because Mike Babcock loves him. And, uh, yeah, it's got Tavares in that spot. Number five, Austin Matthews. Uh, yeah, you look at the point per games the last two years, even though he's missed, like, over a month. He's right there with the top guys in the league. He's just got to translate that for another month and a half. But 73, 63, and 69 points, it's not exactly what you'd expect out of uh, a guy who gets number five on this list. But the guy shoots a ton. He's got two. He had 251 shots in 68 games, so he's right in that 300 level with, I don't know, Sagan and Ovi and a couple other guys in the Michael, league who can do yeah. that. Burns. So, you know, you're looking at a number one center on this team, 1A, 1B, however you look at it. 
21 years old. He's going to be top five every year. He's just got to stay healthy. So Matthews at five. Uh, my number four, Steven Stamkos. I think this guy, I think he could get 50 goals. Um, I think that's not out of the question. Uh, I know uh, Alino says he could maybe take a playmaking role. I think he is. I think he has. But I think we need to see uh, Stamkos become a little bit more confident again in the offensive zone. I want to see him shoot just a little bit more. I want to see him get 50 goals. This is a guy we're talking. He had 60 goals one season. So I think if Steven Stankos could get that confidence again, why can't he be higher on this list? But for now, number four, Nikita Kucherov's a stud. He'll also generate a lot of offensive points for Stamkos. But yeah, for me, he's number four. Number four, Austin Matthews. Uh, I think this year he's going to get 50 goals. I'd see William Nylander. He played with him last year and Nylander wasn't that great. This year, Nylander is going to be a stud. Got uh, new confidence from that whole world championship experience. I don't know what it was over there that led to that, but it's working out good, and it's going to help Austin Matthews in all areas of the ice. And Mike Babcock looks like he's going to probably give him the captaincy, and he's going to probably uh, you know give him some more confidence, saying he's a good pro, and that he loves his family, and, that, <laughs> and that's why we'll see Austin Matthews get a lot more confidence, even more, and get some more goals. Uh, I just see it depends who else is on the wing with them. If they're going to go on, uh, like, if it's not a skilled player uh, with Nylander, like, maybe they'll even put Janssen once in a while, but I think he'll be safe for Tavares' line. So he's going to have to adjust to the left wing spot a lot more. And Austin Matthews, number four. Number four, I got Steven Stamkos. And, uh, yeah, he's finally healthy again. Last couple of years, 98 and 86 points. I think he was forced into that playmaking role because Kucherov just took over and total domination. So... I think, yeah, uh, I think the 40-50 goal score is still there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's potential for it this season. But, you know, unless injuries are a question, there's really no reason for me to doubt this guy. You know, he, he's missed a full year. He comes back, and then he puts up 36 goals the year after. So it's just a matter of getting into the swing of things again. I think he's back to being the Stamkos that we all know and love. I think you're looking at the same number for next year. I think around 100 points for Stamkos. So I got him at four. Number three, love this guy. It's it pains me to put him three. Sidney Crosby. Um, he a lot of people, you know, he is more proven than McKinnon, but I think McKinnon is that explosive, dynamic offensive threat. I think he he passes uh, Crosby this season, but Sidney Crosby's coming off 100 points. There's no reason to believe why he can't get 100 points again. He has Galchenyuk this year. He has Gunsel, who has now obviously become the newest collection of Sidney Crosby's, uh, you know, kids. He turns into pros. So Gunsel will get 40 goals probably again this year. I could see Crosby. He's a fluctuating goal scorer as well. He had 44 that year. He won the Rocket. And then he had 29, I think, and then 30. So if Crosby could get 40 goals, I don't see why he can't hit 100 points. Um, yeah, for me, Sidney Crosby's number three, but... Wouldn't even be surprised if he's number one by season's end. I also got Sidney Crosby number three. Uh, he's playing with Gunsel, but also Galchenyuk's on that line. And you don't know, oh, he has to find his game. We're going to have to hear, oh, he's adjusting <laughs> to the new team. And it's going to result in Crosby getting screwed over with the minuses and everything that comes with fantasy hockey. So I think uh, the more that they keep them together and allow Galchenyuk the time to find his game, it's going to result in Crosby having a little bit less of a rating, but he'll still get 100 points. <laughs> yeah, number three, Sid the Kid. 
Uh, I don't give a shit who he plays with. He does it all the time. Uh, it seems like between him and Malkin, Sid always gets shafted. Oh, we got Kessel? Yeah, we'll put him with Gino. Sid, you still stick with the fourth liners and turn him into third liners. But, like, yeah, he had 100 points last – kind of similar to Stamkos. He's been healthy, and he's, he's playing full years, and he's top five every single year. Him and a couple other guys in the league, like, best playmaker, but they can easily hit 50 goals. He's one of those guys um, – He'll fill up the stat sheet. The plus-minus is maybe the only thing you can argue. Sidney Crosby, we know what he's going to do, so I got him a three. Yeah, number two, Nathan McKinnon, Colorado Avalanche. This guy's explosive. A couple years ago, only getting 50 points. We all were like, oh, this guy's not that good. Well, he proved us all wrong. Um, Wow. Uh, Arguably the second-best player in the league when you look at his toolbox and everything he has in it. Explosive, elusive this indestructible this guy just does everything drives the offense a lot of people in the book oh he slowed down in the second half oh it's only because three guys were on him at once this guy is a horse he generates offense 100 points for me is an easy easy task for for mckinnon this season for me i would not be surprised if he wins the art ross nathan mckinnon number two yeah i'm with you there and i'm just gonna mention that i had a Two other notable omissions here, Barkov and Dreisaitl. Yeah. There's a reason why. Uh, Barkov, I think, because of Quenville's there, this coaching is going to result in him turning into Jonathan Taves. <laughs> He's going to rely on him too much in other areas, and it's going to take away from his goal scoring a bit. And Dreisaitl, I have no faith in Edmonton at all. I think they're going to put him on the wing because there's absolutely no one else. And <laughs> they're just going to say, oh, we got Connor McDavid, but... The other guys can't keep up with him. Dry sidle, you're going on the wing. And uh, it's going to take away from his center spot. So that's why I have Nathan McKinnon at number two. Nate the Great, continuing on that form. Rantanen's going to come back, probably with $10 million in his account. And it's going to have that same effect again. Now we got Kadri on the team, Nathan McKinnon on the power play, all those guys together. Money. Yeah, Nate McKinnon, number two. Uh, last two years, he's exploded into the player that he was projected to be. Coming out of the queue, everything you want in a number one center. Uh, that one of the best, arguably the best top line in the league. They just got to, yeah, pen to paper there to cap that off. So, uh, like I said with Matthews, I think he'll be in this list every single year. I think he's going to produce every single year. You're looking at a potential 50 goal scorer, 100 points. I think he can win the Art Ross easily. It's just a matter of health. So, Nathan McKinnon, number two. Who's at number one? Number one is Connor McFuckface, <laughs> Connor McJesnut, Connor McJesus, Connor McDavid. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, his knee. Uh, there's a problem with his knee. He might not play the opener, uh, blah, blah. It's not going to stop him from getting 120 points. Arguably, he'll probably get 50 power play points. He could get 55 goals. The sky's the limit for McDavid. This guy's going to win the Art Ross. He's arguably the favorite. I would love to see McKinnon win the Art Ross. But, man, if as long as McDavid's healthy... It's another Art Ross to your collection. Connor McDavid again, uh, number one. I don't think there's anyone else to pick, but I don't know. Is this a player, like we always heard Crosby and like Lindros comparable to um, Gretzky and Lemieux, the only two that you can really compare. Is McDavid just past that conversation? Is he the guy that can actually compare to those guys that realistically can I feel like when you look at fantasy, you, you, you put him with the Crosbys because he will go number one. For a decade, and it's this the trend is just beginning. I think McDavid's on that level. Is he on that level of maybe getting towards Lemieux Gretzky territory? He is on that level on, of greatness. 
I like it. All he needs is a cup. Good luck getting it in Edmonton. <laughs> He's not getting it in Edmonton. <laughs> but yeah, like Connor McDavid, like what else can you say about the guy? He does everything. Everything right. Speed. No one can keep up with him. Not even his own line mates. Coaches can't even come up with defensive strategies for him because he'll just manage to find a way to get around everyone. Scores at will. Gets assists at will. Is he a factor of hockey? Connor McDavid. He is the number one player in the world, yes. Yeah, strongly considered. No, McDavid number (laughs) one. Uh, Three years in a row, he's had 100 points. He's been in the league four years. He probably would have hit 90 in his rookie year. He had 48 and 41 or something. Oh, yeah, we so, so <laughs> three and a half years, 300-point seasons. Yeah. But, um, I don't even know. When you think of Edmonton, it's McDavid and Dreisaitl and the field. And then you can sprinkle, no sprinkle, sprinkle a bit of Nuge in sprinkle there. Sprinkle some Nuge, and then that's the Edmonton Oilers. That's their offense, this yeah. Guy's the, he's the face of the team by a mile, face of the entire league. He'll do it every year. Uh, yeah, his speed is unmatched. His puck skills are unmatched. Um, <laughs> at the same time, at that like similar to McKinnon, but just an extra gear, which is scary. So uh, this guy's impossible to keep up with. <laughs> He'll do it every year. Undisputed number one. Undisputed top three for the three of us. <laughs> Would you say he uh, he can get more points than Crosby by career's end? I think so. I mean, four years into his uh, career, he's got 300-point seasons yep. already, so he's off to a nice start. Yeah, on Edmonton. Might pass out of two years at this rate. Can you imagine if he had Taylor Hall as his wing? Oh, good oh. times. They, they wish. <laughs> they wish they had that. Well, they did <laughs> in his rookie year. You know what we should do next week? This is You're going to hate me for this. Uh-oh. Top 10 rookies going into this season yeah i do hate you for that couple caco number one or we could do or we could do top 10 under 21 21 yeah okay 21. what would you what would you rather do top 10 underrated surprises going into the year who do you think so top 10 x yeah, factors x factors of the league we'll do that okay. we'll do yeah. top 10 x factors and we'll do top one do two top 10s at one show mm-hmm. It's a good chunk of the show there. Yeah, yeah I'm down. Okay, we'll do, so we'll do top 10 under 21, and we'll do top 10 X factors. The X factor is going to bring in any some posi- surprising Any position, any result. position. <laughs> well, there's our next week then. Yep. Peter, Mara- <laughs> Peter Morazic, number one. Boom. Yeah, that's Carolina. Give it to him. <laughs> yeah. Peter Morazic. Remember, he was compared to Dominic Hasek. Oh, yeah. He had that one. I remember we were at, we're at York, and we're walking. I'm looking at my Yahoo, and Alino's like, Morassic buddy, this guy's the next Lundquist. He's so good because he came off that great year in uh, Detroit. He had like a yeah. nine twenty six save, or I was like, oh shit! In the World Junior, where you just like, <laughs> destroying everyone. We Remember have, Jonas Hiller against oh Team Canada? Yeah. What was it like four? Or was it Victor Foss? Yeah, no. it was both of them. It was Victor Foss when he was on Anaheim. He was like hot shit, and then he went to Edmonton. His career was over. <laughs> Jonas Hiller was another one that. I don't know what happened. Fuck. But yeah, that's basically it for this week. <laughs> Make sure to tune in next week when we do our top 10 under 21 and our top 10 X factors. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>